Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. If you are tuning in, you are tuning in for the very last episode of 2021. Wow, how has this year gone by so quickly and already at its end? And as we say goodbye to 2021, say hello to 2022 this week, take some time to reflect. Again, I think it's important that we do that. And do you set goals for yourself for the new year? I don't really like the word resolutions. So I set goals for myself. I'm working on that list now. I've got a few. We try and do some family goals and then I do some for my individual self. So once you set those goals, stick to them and see where you are at the end of the coming year. So today, after being in the book of Proverbs for the past uh, two months, we're going to wrap it up with chapter 31. We're going to finish it. We're going to say goodbye. And hopefully we're a little bit wiser than we were when we started and that we can remember all of these truths that we have learned going through this book. So I don't have any cute story or analogy to give to you today. We're just going to jump right in because for the sake of time, we have 31 verses that I want to get through. And there's a lot of good stuff in this that honestly, I'm not really going to even get to dig down deep into it. But chapter 31 is often seen as a chapter for women. We have two wise women in that are featured in this chapter. The first is in verse 1, and it tells us that it's King Lumiel, and it's an oracle that his mom taught him. So the first wise woman is the queen mother. And then the second one is this wife of noble character. But what's interesting is, is that the audience of this chapter seems to be men. We know that the audience for the first part, uh, verses 1 through 9, is this king. And his mom is the one that's talking. And then verses 10 through 31 talks about this wife. Well, who gets wives? A man does. Somebody that's going going to be a husband. So this is not just a chapter for women. Yes, women, we can learn from it. We can see how a person of upright and noble character operates and goes through life. But also men, this is important for you as well. So first of all, who is this King Lumiel? In my studying, I found some different takes on who this is. There's no real general consensus. Some scholars believe that this is the, an, another wise king from another Middle Eastern country. And then others on the other side of the, the argument think that this is Solomon himself, the king of Israel. Now, for the sake of argument, let's say that this is Solomon. If this is Solomon, who is this king, and it's his mother who has taught him these things, we know a lot about his mother. His mother was Bathsheba, and we know her story. And as we look at what she has told him, it's interesting that, that she is telling him these things. What's also interesting is that he seems to forget them later on in his life, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So I want to read verses 2 through 9 of chapter 31. It says, O oh, my son, 
O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Okay, so in verse 2, the first thing I want to bring out is that this mother, if it's Bathsheba, um, she's taking ownership. This is my son. She says my three times in verse 2. So she's taking ownership of her role as his mother in her role with teaching him right from wrong, with giving him wisdom. And then she's instructing him to take ownership himself. In verse 3, she uses the word your twice. What's interesting is in verse 3, this word women, here it's viewed as a negative connotation, but it's also used, this word is used 781 times in the Old Testament, interchangeable with the words adulterous. And when I think about this, when I read this, I think about Samson and Delilah from the book of Judges. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on what ruins kings. So the word strength here is virility, The word ruin here means to wipe or to wipe out. And your vigor is the course of your life, your actions, or your undertaking. So if you think about Samson and Delilah, you can really see where this verse holds some truth. That a woman that is not looking for your best interest or a woman of not noble character, as we're going to see in a few verses, will ruin or wipe out the very course of your life. So she's telling him to be careful. The next thing that we see, uh, starting in verses 4 through 7, is that leaders, this king is a leader, so leaders should be sober-minded, and frankly, they should be sober, literally. Not prone to drunkenness of wine or beer, but also not prone to the drunkenness of outside variables. Their job and leadership skills will be affected. So if you think about literally wine and beer, but also things that can get in a person's way, things that are coming in from the outside that can affect their decision-making, their role as a leader. Be aware of those things. Instead, this is where this mom gets very practical. Instead of being drunk, literally, or figuratively, not being sober-minded. Instead, a leader should do these three things. Number one, speak up. Number two, judge fairly. And number three, defend the rights of the poor and needy. So, if this was indeed Solomon, we see from the account of his life in 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11, and also in 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 9, he kind of botched this lesson up. 
I'm going to turn to 1 Kings 11, 1 through 5, and read that to you. 1 Kings 11, 1 through 5. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonamites, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart from other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashereth, the goddess of the Sidonamites, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely, as his father David had done. Such a sad account of Solomon's life that he did such all of these wonderful things. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He has that distinction, and yet this sums up the end of his life. He did not follow the Lord completely. Now we're going to go wrong. We're going to not follow the Lord completely. But I pray that we would take the time to repent when we've been made aware of not being fully devoted to the Lord. If you also look at the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, you're going to see more of Solomon's last reflections, even to the point where he says that everything is meaningless and that there is nothing new under the sun. Okay, so let's look at verses 10. So this is the last part of this whole book, and it sums up really what this book started with. This virtuous woman of moral worth. So she has the trust, the full trust of her husband. She benefits and does good for him all the days of her life. Not all the days of his life, all the days of her life. I want you to pay close attention to that pronoun there. This is a fixed character trait of her. It's not something she's been told to do. This is something she chooses to do. She's a manufacturer. She uses what she has to create what she needs. She's an importer. She uses her resources, and they are not limited to proximity. She's a manager, providing for those who are under her care Everyone is taken care of. She's an investor and a farmer. She wisely invests herself and then cultivates the, quote, field to be better than it was when she found it. She's industrious, generous, and has a giving spirit. She's courageous. Her efforts are not in vain, and she fears the Lord. Her heart is full of another world, even when her hands are most busy about this world. And that was from Matthew Henry's commentary. So to sum up today, I want to read verses 25, 26, 28 through 31. It says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, 
but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The book of Proverbs begins with the command to fear the Lord and ends with the picture of a woman who fulfills this command. Her qualities are mentioned throughout the book. Hard work, fear of God, respect for spouse, foresight, encouragement, care for others, concern for the poor, wisdom in handling money. These qualities, when coupled with fear of God, lead to enjoyment, success, honor, and worth. Proverbs is very practical for our day because it shows us how to become wise, make good decisions, and live according to God's ideal. This can be what characterizes us as a child of God operating in wisdom. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this time in the book of Proverbs, so rich in what you would have us to know about you and about how we can live. God, I pray that we would take what we have learned and we would apply it to our lives in real and practical ways. God, help us to think before we speak. Help us to weigh our options based on your word before we act. And then then may we be characterized as people who are wise, who are safe, and who are following after you. God, I thank you for my friends who have tuned in. I thank you for this year, what you have done in all of our lives. And we look forward to what you're going to do in 2022. Thank you for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, I hope that y'all have a happy new year, and we will see you again next week for some more Let's Be Real. Can't wait to meet you back here and see what God has in store for us. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.